everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. John Bozica, 1480 WHBC. One of the things that we've talked about almost ad nauseum here on the station is about gun violence and about ways to slow it down and just ways to slow down violence in general. And in the last year, I wouldn't even say in the last year, in the last half year, now that we're on July 1st, gotta tell you what, I mean, gun violence this year has been at an all-time high, it seems like. I don't know for sure based on statistics. I don't know for certain, but I just feel like every time... We turn around, there's another mass shooting that's on the news. So to talk about ways to try to slow this down, what could be done? Maybe if President Biden is down the right track on some of the things that he has introduced so far, we bring in Dr. Daniel Flannery from the Begun Center at Case Western Reserve. Dr. Flannery, how are you this morning? Good morning, John. Good. How are you? Good. Doing well. Thanks for joining the show. As always, thanks for being part of the discussion. I know we've had you on a a number of times before, and um, things have kind of changed a little bit now with some new ideas being introduced by the administration that's in office. But um, I want to ask you, what what do you feel uh, about some of the stuff that President Biden has said to this point? Do you think he's on the right track, Dr. Flannery? Well, there's not only things that President Biden has said about gun control, but, you know, our own governor in Ohio proposed a number of um, common sense gun uh, policies and changes in uh, laws and procedures after the shootings in Dayton um, a couple of years ago. Uh, And those, unfortunately, haven't really gone anywhere either. But uh, President Biden is picking up on some of the things that he did as vice president with uh, the Obama administration and looking for greater restrictions on things like assault weapons and trying to implement adequate background checks um, and red flag laws, for example, for people that are involved in a violent crime, particularly domestic violence, for example, restricting their access to firearms while their cases are being processed. So there are several things that have been out there for quite some time. Um, proposed laws and regulations, um, but we just haven't been able to get much movement at the local or federal level. And in fact, uh, some of the local ordinances that have been put in place around restrictions, for example, with respect to assault weapons, um, have been overturned because they're inconsistent with existing federal law. How important is that background check element of everything? Um, Dr. Flannery, I mean, can, can you even put a number on how important that is? And and when we say background check, what needs to happen when it comes to that that maybe isn't happening now? Well, I think it's a, a very significant issue in the fact that uh, background checks right now are completely, I think, inadequate for the question at hand. There's not a computerized system of uh, individuals who shouldn't have uh, be able to purchase firearms because they've had a a violent felony condition, uh, conviction, or a significant mental health issue, for example. Um, 
it's illegal to have a national registry of gun ownership. Um, you can't track the firearm that's been used in a violent crime uh, other than back to the original owner, and that's assuming the owner purchased the firearm through a federally licensed gun dealer. So you have the issues around um, gun shows, loopholes, private sales, straw purchases, where, where someone's purchasing a gun for someone else. And, um, you know, we just we don't have an adequate background check system, period. And there are laws against being able to fund an adequate background check system through the ATF, for example. I, you know, this isn't you, you this does not get into Second Amendment rights. You, you would have the right to purchase as many firearms as you're legally able to purchase. It's just about being able to adequately check your background or the background of others. So if the argument is certain people shouldn't have access to firearms, then why don't we have an adequate background check system? Why do we insist that if you don't hear something back in 48 to 72 hours, you get to purchase the firearm anyway? So that, you know, we can have a, a bit more of a waiting period. We could have a more adequate background check system. We could have better information in that system. Um, and we can expand that to things beyond federally licensed dealers. That's the only way you're going to figure out who has access to firearms that that shouldn't because they're convicted of a violent criminal offense or other issues. Well, and, and Dr. Flannery, as Dr. Daniel Flannery is my guest from the Begun Center Case Western Reserve, which is for uh, violence prevention, you know, I, I think one of the things that's interesting is you did mention the Second Amendment, but... When the Second Amendment was written, I mean, the firearms that we were talking about during that time are like, you know, night and day between the firearms that we're talking about now. I mean, we're talking about automatic assault rifles now against back then. We're looking at muskets that take sometimes 30 to 40 seconds just to load again. So it's like, you know, I mean, that language probably should have changed by now, shouldn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, this is the uh, conversation around uh, what kinds of weapons should people be permitted to own and why. And, you know, there are limits, right? People cannot go out and purchase a bazooka for personal use or a tank. Uh, and there was an assault weapons ban in this country for about a decade that expired a number of years ago and was not renewed. So the argument now is there are so many assault weapons out on the street, it would be impossible to do anything about it at this point because of the volume. So it's not, it's not worth it to reinstitute a ban. Uh, it's also true that there's mixed data on whether or not the ban on assault weapons, you know, had a significant impact because of the uh, lack of good data that was available for all the other reasons we've sort of mentioned uh, already. So, you know, the argument is that it's not clear to me why a personal, an individual needs an assault weapon, you know, for sport or for hunting or just because they like to shoot it. Um, so I think it would be very reasonable to reinstitute an assault weapons ban. Uh, again, it wouldn't restrict an, an individual's ability to own other firearms. There are also issues with ammunition and, and magazine capacity that are also at play. So people have access to hollow point um, bullets, for example, bulletproof vest piercing ammunition or a hundred round, you know, round. Uh, clips with magazine capacity, you know, that can allow you to fire off 50 rounds, you know, in a minute and a half uh, with a semi-automatic handgun or weapon. So all these adjustments you can make to existing firearms to make them 
more like automatic, semi-automatic weapons or machine gun-like. So we have gotten some restrictions on bump stocks, which was the device used by the individual in Las Vegas uh, to, to rapid fire you know, his, his weapons into a crowd. But that's really the only singular thing that's been passed or addressed in the last you know decade, generally speaking, um, in this space. So, you know, there are a lot of common sense, quote unquote, gun laws that have been proposed, but they've been met uh, politically with resistance at at uh, the national level, particularly by the NRA. Doctor Flannery, as we continue to um, navigate forward on many of these different things and and try to figure out the right way to go about this. I think one of the things that loses people immediately that are in this discussion is that there are lots of law abiding citizens who own guns. And I guess the question I would ask you is, do you think that the majority of gun owners in this country have done it the right way? I think the majority of gun owners um, in this country have firearms and are not using them to perpetrate criminal acts against other persons. Um, But I also know that the data is very clear that when a gun is available to you in your home, that it's much more likely to be used in a domestic violence situation or when someone's under the influence of drugs or alcohol or when someone is intent on hurting themselves uh, or accidentally in a shooting by an adult or by a child who discovers that weapon. So just the the mere um, access to the number of firearms is one of the things that's that's, uh, underneath the increasing rates of gun violence and homicides, is that when when these disputes are arising, uh, guns are more readily available and they're being used. So, you know, if you're a law-abiding citizen and that, you know, you have legitimately purchased your firearms, then the things that we're talking about should not be of concern to you. So the argument is, you know, take the guns away from all those people. Don't take them away from me, but I'm not going to support any of these laws because of the slippery slope that the message um, has been. The, the media message, the campaign, you know, from the NRA and others has been, you start down this road with any kind of restrictions, they're eventually going to come and take all your guns away. And that's been a very effective uh, message for them for decades now um, that creates this immediate pushback when there's anything that's suggested um, that people feel that even comes close to infringing their on their rights. But really, that's, you know, almost impossible to do, isn't it? Take away everybody's gun, Dr. Flannery. I mean, that's that's... Almost impossible. Well, first of all, you don't know who has what, right? Yeah. (laughs) Let's start there, right? You don't know who has uh, how many firearms people have because some might be purchased legally uh, and registered and others may be private purchase or gun show purchased or uh, over time or what have you. So uh, even with red flag laws, you know, the, the way this works is an officer saying, do you have any guns in the home? And then give them to me. (laughs) They don't, they don't say give them, you know, uh, the offender could say, well, here's three, but I got three more that nobody knows about. So, yeah, it would be extremely difficult to to remove guns from private owners at any level. Um, the volume of firearms that are out there is, um, you know, we, we exceed any other country in the in the world by by 15 or 20 fold uh, in terms of our population and the number of guns that are that are out there. 
Dr. Flannery, as as we're in the the final stages of this interview here, I, I wanted to ask you what what your thoughts are then moving forward, what you would like to see Governor DeWine, what you would like to see President Biden do to make things even better when it comes to gun restrictions so that people can't as easily find themselves with an assault weapon or something like that, what you think needs to be done? Well, I think they need to keep putting out these um, common sense gun laws, right? That that 80% of the population agrees, you know, these things should be put in place, but uh, politically they just don't seem to pass um, through committees and, and get them into legislation. I think we need to continue to raise that side of the conversation about what are these common sense efforts that are relatively easy to do that don't infringe on people's rights to to own uh, firearms. You know, you can own a firearm, you don't need a hollow point bullet. You can own a firearm, you don't need a 50 magazine uh, clip to be able to adjust. So you've got these kinds of things that are going on. you got people making um, firearms out of plastic that are not able to be easily detected through metal detectors and other things. So, you know, just the proliferation of a number of firearms that are out there, I think, needs to be the focus uh, of these efforts. And then I say, look, people need to vote um, for folks that they think will pass some of these common sense gun laws at our local, uh, state, and federal levels, because that's where it stops. Even if our leaders uh, put forth these policies and recommendations, uh, it's not getting through local and state legislatures or at the federal level. Dr. Daniel Flannery from the Begun Center at Case Western Reserve for Violence Prevention. I appreciate the time so much this morning, sir, and uh, look forward to doing this again in the future. Thanks, John. Take care.